Hello and welcome to Helios Blog. My name is Helios here for another reaction video. Today, Matthew Hussey on what women can do to avoid a situationship. Let's get into it. The reason she's alone is because she's difficult. Women are not accepting the bare minimum. Women fuck men they respect. All the women who say things like, I'm strong, independent, I don't need no man, like, y'all impress me. Women just gaslight each other and say what they want to hear. To sleep with a guy after a second date. Oh, here we and go. She did also caveat this by saying, I am coming off the back of two years in a friends with benefits situation. What could go wrong with this? Uh, again, this this is like 2023 type stuff, right? Where these girls have two years, three years, four years, friends with benefits situations. They literally, they, they don't want to be in a long-term relationship with a good man. No, they would much rather be in a situationship with Chad who has three other girls on the side. That's 2023 in a nutshell, guys. Repeat. So here's what I hear in this. I hear someone who has slipped into a dynamic with someone where she's sleeping with him regularly or every time they see each other at least, but it's not progressing. And that- Absolutely. That would describe 2023 in a nutshell. These girls get with guys that they can't actually keep, but they would much rather be with that guy than to be with a guy that they actually that, that would actually stay with them. They're so far out of their price range that a friends with benefits is all they can get, and they're happy with it. That's 2023, guys. That's probably a dynamic that she ignored very early on in that situation. And I also hear someone who is looking for something serious in her life. She wants right now that she's 35. Uh, now she wants to, you know, she's a lady. Now she she's had her fun and she wants to settle down. It's a real relationship where she can be intentional. Now, I think sometimes the argument of can you sleep with someone on a first date or a second date quickly becomes this almost political gendered thing that becomes quite a misnomer. Hopefully all of us here in this a particular space can agree that it doesn't matter from the point of view of can you is it okay to whether you sleep with someone after one drink or six months it, i don't have an opinion on that other than of course it's okay there are plenty of people who have had long-term relationships that had sex on the first night the question is does it serve you and right and in 2023, a lot of these girls, what they're doing is they're going on dating apps, right? And they're sleeping with the guy on the first night and then wondering why he doesn't commit. Then they're saying the guy burned me, men are trash, right? So Matthew is right about does it serve you? And for the most part, it doesn't serve women in long-term relationships to be doing this, right? It doesn't serve them. It actively hurts them, right? Now, Again, because in 2023, these girls are only going after the top 5% of men, uh, because they're only going after the top 5% of men, uh, they'll take whatever they can get, right? Because bottom 95% of men are invisible, so only top 5% of men will do, and so whatever that guy wants, that's what they'll go for, right? That's what it is. 
does it serve the path that you want to be on? Now, I just said that what I picked up from this question is that this person is being intentional about wanting to find a relationship. So what we have to do then is ask ourselves, is what I'm doing the behavior of someone who is being intentional? Does that communicate to someone else and to myself that I'm being intentional? I recently was in my local coffee shop and there was a, a guy in there in his mid-twenties, really lovely guy, who recognized me and started speaking to me. He started telling me about this person that he's dating and how, because he really likes her, even though inside there's all these feelings he has about this person and he might want, I'm paraphrasing what he said to me here, but he essentially said, I might want to scream, I love you, be with me forever. But given that he really likes this person, he was evolved enough to say, I don't think it's a good idea for me to do that. Instead, I'm going to go at an organic pace with this person to see what it could actually be. Now, that's right. So absolutely, it's, it's, it's smart, you know, like, you, especially as a man, you don't spill out all of your feelings and everything that you want all at once. That's a disaster waiting to happen. That's, that's, that's a mess. Like you, obviously, you don't want that. Now, that brings up an interesting distinction, doesn't it? There's what we feel like doing, and there's the behavior that actually serves us in our intentions. Right, right. So what Matthew is saying is don't just do what feels good in the moment. You should actually probably think about what you're doing a bit more. Be more intentional in your choices. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely true. And in fact, uh, if, uh, if you're not being intentional, it's going to be very, very bad for you. So you need to be intelligent about this kind of thing. You need to be very intelligent about this kind of thing. And if you're not, well, it's going to be bad for you. No, he's, he's totally right. For him, his intention was to have a relationship with this woman that he was seeing. So suddenly telling her, I love you. And oh my God, I just, I just want to be with you all the time and doing all of these things, if it communicates an intensity that would no longer feel organic, might act, it might actually disrupt this thing that they have together. It might not. If you get two really intense people together and they love saying all these things to each other, then it can be quite fun. But it can also lead to an inorganic pace. What is a love bomber? When we talk about love bombing and the danger of love bombers, and some of you have been in a situation where you feel like you've met a love bomber, someone who showered you with praise and grandiosity. And yeah, uh, more like this. They met Chad and Chad acted like he was into her because he wanted to get in her pants, slept with her and then left, right? And then they called it love bombing. Well, no, you knew going in that you were shopping out of your price range, but you still accepted it. And because you accepted it, uh, he got what he wanted and just left, right? You need to understand what your value is so that you can understand what not to do, right? And statements about the future and about how into you they were and they've never felt like this before and drop everything and take a trip with me. The love bomber is really someone who has minimum intentions disguised as maximum 
That's intentions. right. Exactly. You know, because all of that grandiosity seems like all the intention in the world, but actually there's very little substance behind it. The love bomber is just indulging their feelings without any regard for the consequences of how that might feel to somebody else or how much it might hurt them when they're not able to back it up. I think what Matthew is describing here is how when women go into bedroom fun too quickly, uh, they signal to the guy that they're not good long-term relationship material. But it's not really true, right? Because if if the guy, like every guy wants to be treated like they're the best man that she's ever had, and the best man that she's ever had um, wouldn't be made to wait, right? Especially, like, if you made one guy, like, if you had bedroom fun with one guy on the first date, and then you make this new guy wait three weeks to three months to have bedroom fun, what are you signaling? What are you telling the guy? You're telling the guy, I'm not attracted to you. I was only, I was actually attracted to the previous guy, right? So that's that's the story there. So it's kind of ridiculous, right? Like, obviously, that's not what, obviously, that's not what you want. It's not, it has no regard for, are we at the same level here? Do we have the same intentions here? I actually believe that you can look at sex through the same lens of intentionality. You may have someone that you've been on a couple of dates with and you feel really excited about this person. And from a sexual perspective, you feel really turned on by this person. So the combination of I like you, I feel connected to you, and I am sexually really drawn to you, and I'm horny. (laughs) That combination of things at the end of a second date might have you saying to yourself, I want to go, what I feel like doing is going home with this person. So your feelings are telling you, yeah, absolutely, go do that thing. And there'll be some people that say, if it feels good, do it. But we know we don't apply that to everything in life. Yeah, you don't just do whatever feels good. First of all, it's a hedonistic mentality. But second of all, um, Some things are destructive, and for girls to be sleeping around with a million chads, that's destructive. You can't be doing that. If you're doing that constantly, you're going to destroy yourself. So you can't be doing that. That is destructive to the max. And you need to be intelligent. (sighs) Pardon me. In your your choices. So, there, there you go. It would be really bad if we said, if it feels good to punch that person who's just wound you up in the coffee shop, do it. We don't say that about that thing. So we should be careful of just applying that to romance. If it feels good, people do that with romance, don't they? If it feels good, just do it. Just enjoy yourself. But we have to ask ourselves, what serves the path I want to be on? If I Absolutely. If the girl wants to be in a marriage with children and a long-term relationship at 18 years old, she should be thinking like this, right? of, should I really sleep with, with this Chad? First of all, I know he's Chad, so I'm not, I, I know he's not going to commit. And second of all, like, is sleeping with Chad going to help me to get married in the future? And, and both, both are, they, they don't serve that purpose, right? If you sleep with Chad, and then you sleep with another Chad, another Chad, already you've, you've taken yourself out of the running for, for a good marriage in the future. You need to be very intelligent about your choices. Um, as a woman, as a man, well, it's different, right? But again, 95% of men are invisible. So you're better off spending time becoming one of the top 5%, right? 
Okay, let's read an article uh, on the rash uh, by Rolo Tomasi. It's it's actually um, this is actually a chapter from his book, The Rational Mail. Uh, it's called Kill a Beta. Rational Mail blog reader Paul set up my guidance for probably the single most uh, asked for advice I receive. I've read through your blog entirely, and my biggest issue is how do I kill the beta? Every girl I sleep with or even fool around with, I end up developing feelings for. Even if it was a one-night stand and the girl is cheating on a boyfriend with me, it's like I have no self-control, like I'm a girl that agonizes over every guy she sleeps with. I wish I honestly had a definitive answer for Paul. If I could construct some step-by-step program, a universal template that men could all follow in order to kill their inner beta, I'd be rich beyond my wildest dreams. Just as I said about the Alpha Buddha, if I could find a way to bottle the essence of Alpha, I'd be set for life. The real truth is that there is no simple answer to this, because each man's conditions are unique to him. To be sure, there are common roots to their problems, and common mindsets that form as a result of attempting to formulate working bedroom fund strategies within the feminine matrix, but undoing these mental schemas and reforming a better functional bedroom fund strategy is unique to the individual. I feel that this is the major reason game is not taken as seriously as it should be. It's a lot of work doing your own self-analysis and then creating a strategy to remake yourself. One of the reasons PUA gurus and game demigods of the last decade seem so cheap, like snake oil salesmen, is because they fail to take into account the degree of personalization necessary to truly kill the inner beta that guys eventually have to confront. That's an element of internalized game that the guys doing pickup seminars would rather not address because your degree of success in truth, how you even measure success, is entirely dependent upon you. Hooking up with girls you've never had access to before may sell pickup DVDs, but changing the inner workings of your personality is a much tougher order. If you ever look through the self-help psychology section of a bookstore and wonder why there are so many books published on that topic, it's exactly due to this dynamic. Effecting a fundamental change in one's life requires an effort that few people have the patience and perseverance for. So with all this in mind, let me stay, let me say right now, I don't have a map for you. Anyone telling you they do is attempting to sell you something. However, I'll attempt to point you in the right direction. I can't say what will work, only that you can find that out on your own, but try to bear in mind that changing yourself is a process that takes time. Even for the guys who have an easier go of transitioning to an internal game state personality, it's still an ongoing process. I like to think of myself as at least a lesser alpha, that doesn't mean I don't trip up at times. This is what I mean by the process. You're not going to be bulletproof and pass every crap test ever thrown at you, but be encouraged in knowing that because of your new awareness, you'll learn from what you do wrong and adjust for the next time. There is no grand arrival moment when you know that you've got it all down. You're an alpha, or if you don't like that term, there really is no definitive point at which you're fully, you fully internalize game. You don't get some certification of game completion. You can, however, definitively change your thinking. It's always ongoing. Knowing is half the battle. If there is truly a first step in internalizing, then it has to come from educating yourself. This is actually one of the most difficult tasks. If you're a reader of my blog or at least peripherally aware of game as a concept, this is going to seem pretty obvious. But remember that there's still an entire world of men who are still plugged in, still locked in a way of thinking that's been prescribed for them by feminization since before they were born. Only a fraction of them will even be amenable to considering game and positive masculinity, and fewer still will see its value. From our perspective, it seems like a matter of course. We read the books, blogs, familiarize ourselves with the concepts and terms. We pick what might work, experiment with ideas, evaluate the validity of them, and adopt them or toss them. However, what's apparent apparent to, uh, to the unplugged seems like blasphemy to the plugged in. Your education doesn't stop once you've unplugged. In fact, I'd argue that it's even more vital in internalizing a new mindset since you're now putting things into practice. One thing I remind guys who spit the the RP back up is that there is no going back. 
A lot of frustrated guys who discover game and fail to apply it because they lack the social skills or they convince themselves that POA artistry was their magic formula to sleep with the girl of their dreams, they tend to want to regress back into the comfortable shell of their former ignorance of intergender social dynamics. Only they find there is no return. They see the truth in what they'd been blind to no matter where they turn. The social interactions, the feminization, the raw deal they've been conditioned to accept as normal. All of that subtly reminds them of the truth they're avoiding and they hate it. They they become hostile to it. I add this because it's a very real danger for guys transitioning into internalizing positive masculinity. In the same respect, you now have become more sensitive to game truths and the unplugged reality you now find yourself in. There's a point of departure from what you thought was normal to seeing the signs around you. An easy illustration is really contemplating any gender-related issue in popular media. You'll hear a song, watch a sitcom, overhear a conversation in the lunchroom, and begin to realize how surrounded you are by basic presumptions of a culture remade by feminine primacy. Understanding what your position in all of this is crucial to internalizing a new mindset or backsliding into your old frame of thinking. Practicing the change. It should be self-evident that applying what you've come to see as a new truth for yourself is vital. You need to get off the internet and field test the theories you learn here and elsewhere. Whether that means going to approach women at the clubs or adopting a new attitude with your wife or even the women you deal with at work, it's really up to you. The hardest part of practicing change is the initial shock of having the people who know you question the validity of the new you. If you were to move to a new city, completely change your social circle and play the role of an asshole alpha, no one is the wiser. However, make a radical shift in your personality with those who've known you for years and you'll be a poser who's trying to be something he's not. Human beings need predictability. It gives them a sense of control over others. When you alter yourself or have your personality altered by an outside force, this is a threat to that predictability. So a logical counter is for others to attempt to put us back into our places. Shaming comes as a natural tactic for women, but the push is always to get you back into their frame. That's essentially the new threat others interpret. The new you is a frame grab. Do it all at once and people will accuse you, your personality, of being a disingenuous reaction to having been burned. Do it subtly and persistently over time and people will be more willing to accept the change as genuine. Always insist on change, but never too quickly. This is important to remember because your friends will be your biggest source of doubt in your transformation. They might mean well, but understand that intent comes from a desire to see normalcy, not your best interest. The first time an old girlfriend you had uh, a thing for calls the new you an asshole, it's kind of a shock to the system. There's always this stab at the old you who wants to set things right, but you have to resist this impulse to take offense. It's really hard to say, yeah, I am an A-word, as a point of pride, when your whole life's prior learning taught you not to offend others, and particularly not girls you ever wanted to sleep with. It's counterintuitive to the beta in you. As sadistic as it sounds, you'll be more consistently rewarded for your capacity to indirectly offend the women you want to get with, but the internal conflict this creates between the beta you and the burgeoning alpha you is the hardest part to reconcile. This is where most guys fail in transitioning. This is primarily due to an unpracticed ability to keep their emotions in check. Aesthetics versus social robots. This will sound counter to anything your feminine conditioning has ever taught you, but men are the true romantics and women are simply the vehicles for that rarely appreciated romanticism. One of the biggest gripes the post-bedroom fun revolution feminization had with men was some prepackaged notion that men weren't in touch with their feminine sides. We were out of touch with our feelings. God cursed Carl Jung's rotten corpse to hell forever convincing popular culture that each bedroom, uh, sorry, each gender had equal but unexpressed measures of feminine and masculine energies. Western culture has been so saturated with Jungian theory that we don't recognize it as such. It's become normalized to believe in an idealized goal state as a genderless, androgynous society. Rants aside, up until the last 50 years, it's in fact been men who've been the, the gender with the most self-control regarding emotion. It's been just this reservation that's made men more endearing to women. 
either as enigmatic poets and honest women to figure out, or as natural Stoics whose every measured expression of emotion is an event unto itself. It's been men's classic reservation of emotional inaccessibility that has made women more interested in men. In contemporary society, men are encouraged to express themselves as a primary way of accessing women's intimacy, essentially killing any sense of mystery to unravel with full disclosure. Brain function, gender differences aside, it would be my guess that men socially evolved a more reserved expression of emotion, not due to some juvenile insecurity, but rather because it so consistently worked in generating interest in women. Not so in this age. At every instance, boys and men are conditioned to think that emotional expression is a means to solving problems. Boys Don't Cry was instituted with a purpose. Unguarded, easily expressed emotion is an evolved feminine trait. It's not that men should become social robots dead into all but the most intense emotion. It's just become normalized to cheapen that expression by overuse. Displays of a man's emotions should be rarely given divine gifts, women, who are generally lacking in true appreciation. Unlearn what you have learned. It's very difficult for a beta man conditioned for so long to be emotionally available to turn these emotions off. The good news is I'm not suggesting you do. What I'm suggesting is that you unlearn your reasons for developing emotional sentiments so easily. It's easy to go emotionally cold as a result of being burned. It's a much taller order to tamp that emotionality back into check when you're really feeling good about it. Our emotions make us human and humane. It's important to embrace that as essential to the human experience, but equally important is to see how easily it's used against you. You need to unlearn the reasons why you're so easily emotional. Maybe it's abandonment issues. Maybe it's a more deliberate conditioning in your upbringing. But the first part of controlling it is to recognize it. Okay. So that's that. Back to the video. I've been on two dates with someone and I like this person and I want to see where it could go, then actually the most important thing on my mind right now is not jumping into bed with them. That's right. The most important thing on my mind is, is there actually some compatibility between me and this person? Does this person have the same intentions as me in terms of what they're looking for in their life right now? Are they on a similar path? Do Are we in alignment? in what the two of us are looking for in life or the way that we think. And if we start to bring compatibility forward and we recognize that, okay, by the way, it's a great thing that I'm attracted to this person. That's really wonderful. But that ultimately is not going to be the deciding factor in whether this works. It's, is there a level of compatibility that I can find with this person? Again, this is a feminized way of seeing things, right? Of course, it doesn't matter how compatible you are. If you're not having bedroom fun, it's pointless. It's not a relationship from a man's perspective. But anyway, I digress. And if I show that person that I like, that what's more important to me than rushing to go home with them is to get to know each other on a compatibility level and to assess whether we're on the same page about what we're looking for, then I'm communicating my intentionality. I'm actually making that clear to someone. And if I'm making clear my intentionality, then there's a much higher chance that that person will take me seriously. I yeah, again, girls tend to do this at 35. But I'll bet that if girls did this at 18 years old when their end count was zero, guys would take them much more seriously. All right, uh, on to the Reddit post. This was posted 20 hours ago on Relationship Advice. My girlfriend, who's 22, won't have bedroom fun with me, and he's 25. 
We're only six months into the relationship and this makes me feel so unwanted. I think we've both been happy all this time and the bedroom fun has always been good. So don't know what's going on. Every time I try to start a bedroom fun interaction, she just stops me. I've communicated to her how that makes me feel and it's clear the way she reacts that she cares about it. But things never go beyond foreplay. Sometimes she's also horny and plays with me a bit. But once again, it doesn't go beyond that. By now, it's been almost 40 days without having bedroom fun. I consider that perhaps the moments in which I've tried have not been the most opportune. And yes, we're both pretty busy, but it's been so much time and so many rejections. I don't think she's cheated on me. I don't consider to be that kind of person. So I really don't know what's going on and any advice would help me a lot. As I mentioned, I've talked to this with her on multiple occasions, but it does nothing. So guys, this relationship is over. If she's not having bedroom fun with you, she doesn't respect you. She doesn't respect you. There is no relationship. Top comment, 657 upvotes. It's quite simple. We can guess all day, but ultimately you want to ask her why she doesn't want to have bedroom fun. Make sure she knows that whatever the reason, you're there for her, you're supportive, you just want to understand better so you can figure this out together. Maybe she has a condition that's making it painful. Maybe she's stressed. Maybe her bedroom fun drive is lower than yours. Maybe, etc. So look, look at this. This is wrong advice, by the way. Look, see? Make sure that she knows whatever the reason, you're there for her, you're supportive, you just want to understand her better. No. You're not interested in having bedroom fun. I'm not interested in having a relationship. 110 upvotes. Oh, uh, no. Uh, six months is still a decent relationship. Be very direct and ask her why things have stopped in the bedroom. You aren't long-term committed. You decide if you want to stay and deal with whatever she says. You don't need to be the one to fix her. It's okay to put yourself first and move on if you're unhappy. Exactly. Uh, 115 upvotes. Dude, talk to her about what she's feeling. It's not hard. I just, uh, I, heck, for example, I haven't wanted bedroom fun in two months now in a two-year relationship in which I'm engaged. My partner could go multiple times a day if I wanted. The couch, uh, something bad happened to me recently and I haven't wanted intimacy again because of it. She didn't understand it first and asked questions. Okay. 99 upvotes. In every one of the replies I've seen from you, you say that you mentioned how not having bedroom fun makes you feel like uh, when, you, when you try to talk about it. This most likely leads to your GF to try and reassure you to make you feel better. If she has an issue that makes her not want to have bedroom fun, you're not going to find out if she's busy reassuring you and worried about how her actions are making you feel. Next time you ask her, don't mention how you feel. Yes, your feelings are important, but you said it yourself. You told her several times about it, she already knows it. Focus on finding out what's bothering her. Ask her things like, I feel like you might not want bedroom fun as much anymore. I just want to make sure you're okay. Is something bothering you? Focus on finding out what's bothering her. Right, so it's not about you, it's about her. Even after that, if you don't get a clear answer and there's no improvement, it might be time to reconsider compatibility. Yeah, again, it's it's just mostly girls talking about how you should talk about your feelings. Or talk about her feelings and not your feelings. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to end the video there. Again, if you're new to the channel, liking the content, hit that sub, hit all for notifications. Go buy my books at bit.ly slash heliosbooks. Go to my Patreon and subscribe, patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian R, or Tom M. Shoutouts to them. Take care of yourselves, guys. Thank you for listening to my, uh, to my video till the end. I really do appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next time.